sorry, Ray. This is sailor business, remember? Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and welcome to Sailor Business, the podcast where we watch every single episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and break it down to explain just why it is that we love this show so much. We have a good one today. One of my favorite episodes is up. Uh, Protect the Children's Dreams, Friendship Through Anime, episode 21 of the original uh, season one Sailor Moon. And uh, this episode, as the title implies, is about animation. It is an anime about anime. And to that end, uh, I thought it would be fun if we got a guest who had experience in the world of animation. So please welcome uh, Brienne Droward to the show. Brienne, how are you? I'm good. I'm awake. I had coffee and I slept, so I'm good. <laughs> I'm visiting from the wonderful world of animation, I guess. <laughs> now, uh, people would know you from your work on shows like uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Inc. is one that I love that you worked on. That's a great you were show. the creative force behind the uh, Amethyst Princess of Gymworld uh, DC Nation short that I loved. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, and you are also, I should say, uh, the writer and artist of a really fun webcomic called Harpy G. But uh, what is your history with Sailor Moon? Oh, I think it came out around here, maybe like right when I was ending junior high, starting high school, I think. So I watched it like early, like on weekday mornings when they would air it with like the rest of the Deke stuff. I think it was, I don't know if it was actually on that channel, but I remember it started, it like, I think it aired like right before like the Kids WB block or something. Cause I remember I would go, like, I'd watch that and then like the new adventures of like, like B Taz or whatever and then Batman Beyond and all that stuff. <laughs> and then it'd, it'd be at school all day and, and like doodling that in the margins and being emotionally affected by whatever I had watched that morning. <laughs> So I forgot Taz had a so show. That. Oh no, no Taz. Sorry, I'm like I meant I meant Batman, the animated series, oh, not oh, Tasmania. Oh, yeah. Well, you cool also in the world me. of animation call it B Taz. I've never heard that's that yeah. abbreviation before. I'm sorry. Um. Oh, that's I think like because when I worked at Warner's, everyone just says B Taz. Yeah. Oddly enough, I have only heard it from animators. Like I only heard it from like when I was in San Diego <laughs> talking to people. I think, I think we get so lazy about saying Batman over and over again. We just say B Taz. Batman is the same but number I, of syllables as BTS. <laughs> I never thought of the Tasmanian devil dressed as Batman until now, though. Wow. I, anyone's ever even thought of making that. I, I think I need to do this tomorrow. Because you saying so that did remind were, me. He did have his own show. He had a show called Taz. Tasmania. Yeah. Yeah, he called. had a family and he had a sister. And then there was like that redheaded, it was weird, <laughs> redheaded kid that I ran in a diaper. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do an episode by episode Tasmania podcast. We're going uh-huh. to quit Sailor Moon. 21 episodes in. Uh, sorry, any of my friends worked on Tasmania and are 
listening to this. I did watch it, though. So were you, uh, I, I mean, I assume that you were already very interested in art uh, when you were watching yeah. Sailor Moon. But I, I know that you you have a real love of like uh, magical girl stuff. Is that where it came from? I, I think so. I, that's probably like the real, I don't know, that, that probably like the, the major one. I was I was really into anime and like fairy tales and like animation for a long time before that, though. So, I mean, maybe that was the first time I saw like a superhero that was also like, I don't know, princess and sparkles and stuff. <laughs> like it's like combining like all the Disney princesses with like, you know, people who actually punch and kick things. So, <laughs> so like, oh, this is everything I like. So. so what you're saying is that this episode specifically is what got you into into wanting to be an animator. No, that's no, what I'm I- hearing. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm crazy, and I've wanted to be an animator since I was five. Wow. So, yeah, and like it just never went away, I guess. So, and my my parents were like actually supportive of it too. Like, so I mean, I don't know, like like they helped me go to like college and stuff for it. And I I took some like classes when I was in high school for animation. Like I went to I went to um CISA, the California State Summer School, like for the arts. Cool. And it's like a summer program. Yeah. And it's not it's not just for animation. There's like different departments, but it's for like a month during the summer. And um I did that for two summers. And then they actually held it at, at Cal Arts when I went. I think they still do. So, um, but yeah, that was like enough to know that I wanted to keep doing it. And I think actually, like, I think around the time I went, I went to CISA, like Sailor Moon was still airing in the States. So, and then like, and I grew up like in the middle of like nowhere in like a a small farming town. So I didn't really have anyone to talk about any of this stuff, stuff with. (laughs) But, um, when I, when I went to that, um, summer art school, like, um, I, I met other people my age that like watched anime and watched cartoons and like, you know, collected a lot of books and stuff. I mean, it was like before everybody was online too. Like, I don't think like, I don't think my family, we got internet to like my senior year in high school. So, I mean, we were all like actually sending letters and stuff. <laughs> so I, I was very isolated usually like during the rest of the year. Like I didn't really have anybody to talk to about this stuff. So, um, which isn't like horrible or sad. I just, that was just a thing I didn't have. <laughs> now it's like every 20 minutes I get to talk to somebody about the nerdy stuff. So, so yeah. <laughs> and now you you have us to talk about Sailor Moon. Exactly. Yeah. This, this <laughs> the story has a happy ending. Yeah. All these years, finally, finally, I'm on a Sailor Moon podcast. <laughs> now, you <laughs> mentioned before we started recording that you, uh, when you went back and watched this episode uh, for the podcast, that you did remember it from when you were a kid. And I'm wondering if there was anything about this episode that maybe gave you ideas of what it would be like when you were an adult working in the animation industry. Like, did were you like, oh, well, obviously I have to go buy special pencils. Well, the funny thing about this episode was I think it was, it like, it was still airing even when I was in college I think it was airing on Toonami at that point mm-hmm. and I have a feeling I don't think I saw this episode till I was in college because um, like me and like a couple of my close friends that I'm still really close with we had a VHS tape and we run back between classes and hit the record button to the point where that tape was like that tape's like run out you can't even play it anymore but I'm pretty sure the first time I saw this episode was with my friends at animation like like during CalArts nice so yeah so maybe like the whole thing like like I forgotten about them like getting the pencil case and splitting it apart and like this is for the children's dreams and I'm like oh this is so optimistic <laughs> well <laughs> you I'm- know and then like friend getting cranky because one's doing really well and the other one's not and like <laughs> that stuff happens it's not it's so silly and stupid <laughs> 
Well, so it's like if I have these pencils, I can I can draw faster. Like like that was like the black wing pencils. Like the teachers are always pushing on us, like get the black wing pencils. And like I just use like a number two pencil. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like they always tell. Like I remember in school, I was like use blue blue color race. Why are you using a number two pencil? And I'm like, I like. I just I think that's what I'm used to drawing with. So I mean, I think that like now last couple of years in the animation studios, we usually draw everything on the Cintiqs, which is fine. But sure. if I have the chance, I'll draw. I'll draw my model sheets on on paper and pencil i just think it it still looks better i'm I'm not like fully acclimated acclimated to it maybe your use of number two pencils is what has saved you from nephrite that's true yeah maybe he's like like he only goes after like the really like people that actually like like high class supplies like nephrite does a lot of hanging out at like dedicated supply stores like nephrite (laughs) would not go to a place that sells regular pencils you know what um speaking this is something else i i'm glad that i forgot okay so speaking of like the supply stores in tokyo and about and the animation industry when when we started working on the general shorts, I wanted to um, I wanted to send a, a care package to um, David Productions that, that did the animation for us. And um, like one of my close friends who also knows them, he was like, because we know like a lot, we know a few people working in the studios in Japan. And he was saying that um, like over here we can buy post its and stuff in bulk. Over there, that's like you can, but it's not really like a thing. Like it's more like all the station over there is like really high end and really nice. Like it's meant more for like writing letters so like you're not going to see post-its very often in like animation studios over there hmm. so because he told me when they were working on thundercats that like there was one time where like they just threw a post-it over like a revision for them and like somebody over there was like oh that's easy you know i wish we had post-its and they're like well we'll just send you a box of post-its what the heck you know <laughs> so um but anyway like sh- those two girls that work at the animation studio at the beginning of that sailor moon episode you know how they're in a the department store and they're like looking at those pencils and like oh these are the high-end pencils they have in Japan use it makes me wonder you know like like here it's like oh I'll just run down to the store and just grab like 40 pencils you know like over there I think everything comes in smaller sets well, and, and it was so strange because they were also like li- didn't they weren't they like limited edition they were like for a limited they do time say they only limited edition pencils <laughs> I don't know that might be a thing I don't know if that's actually like you know a common although I think Sporting was selling like some limited edition Blackwing pencils out of his store like there you go a couple months ago <laughs> I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. We're, we're, so we should probably just go ahead and start talking about the episode. Uh, I do have an installment of Act Sorry that I want to get through, Uh-oh. though. For the past couple episodes, I have been referring to Usagi as a Capricorn when clearly, as we know from the intro to the show, she is a Cancer. And, and Jordan, I know how seriously you take horoscopes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, That's and why so I caught I wanted that to first make thing. sure to apologize I'm, to you. I'm a, I'm a Cancer. I could be I could be Sailor Moon. When is your birthday? It's in July. Oh, because if it was June 30th, that's that's Usagi's birthday. Mine's mine's um like a little after the first week in July. Okay, so close. So you're almost a moon princess. Isn't that, isn't that always the way, though? Isn't it always the way when you're almost a moon princess? Just a moon, I'm not a princess. So, well, now is the time. Uh, the episode we were watching is Protect the Children's Dreams, Friendship Through Anime. Probably my favorite title of the entire series. Just an amazing, like, the most anime title possible. You like it that better friendship. than you like that better than an animated mess? Is, is that the American name for <laughs> That it? is the American name. An animated oh, and, mess. I, I, 
I like both titles. I can relate to both of those titles. <laughs> <laughs> and I should say, uh, you have watched the American version, as you always do yep. when we have it available. I have read the young adult novelization by friend of the show, Leanne Centaur. Although I will say, not a whole lot different in the novelization. Uh, except there is way more subtext between our two uh, main characters. <laughs> Probably, again, oh, yeah. accidental. A lot. Like, there is a lot of uh, romantic tension between... Between Cassie and Lori uh, in the uh, in the novelization. No manga for this episode, uh, obviously. This is another one of the filler ones, which I think is hilarious because this is kind of their 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 last chance for a real filler episode for a while. Uh, we get uh, we're back on the manga storyline for the next episode, and then we kind of go straight into the Maxfield Stanton uh, <laughs> terrible saga. <laughs> Yay. Uh, <laughs> I agree so, so it's nice that the like somebody was clearly like, okay, if this is <laughs> we are gonna talk how much it sucks to make this show as our last filler episode. This is what we've been working towards. I you know, I don't I don't like I don't know. I, I felt like it was actually like a pretty like a polite episode. I mean, I, I don't know. They could have been a lot more scathing than than like overworking oh, really hard. <laughs> well that's that's actually why I wanted to have you on the show uh for this yeah. brand. Because I, I want to know if this episode is, as I think it is, 100% accurate. I, I mean, I don't know if it's 100% accurate because I've never seen an animation studio that's almost 100% women. <laughs> there you go. But that's like a... a Again, it's Sailor Moon, so it's like this is like your your dream world. So, um, but it's funny too. I mean, um, I, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty close to probably how an, a Japanese animation studio is run. Because like when I when I went to, to, to Tokyo uh, for two winters, like um, I was actually surprised how similar stuff was. Because everyone's talking about how like crazy the hours and workload is, which it definitely is. But like just like I don't know, they have like the same complaints that Western co- counterparts kind of have. With subject matter and schedules and so well there, there's know. one scene that i think is especially telling uh we'll get to that in a minute uh, i think when you're talking about but yeah <laughs> yeah it's right at the it's right at the top of the show uh <laughs> yeah. our heroine is usagi Tsukino. she's 14 years old she's a cancer her blood type's O. uh she is secretly sailor moon because a cat pooped out some jewelry <laughs> Uh, she is friends with the, the kind-hearted genius Amy Mizuno, who is Sailor Mercury, and the hot-headed psychic Rei Hino, who is Sailor Mars, uh, and she's going to do her best. But there is another sailor who is active. Sailor V! Sailor V, who we will come to know later, but for now remains one of the most mystifying aspects of the show, in that she is, like, how does she have licensing? <laughs> Don't know. We've seen the Sailor V video game. We've seen Sailor V toys. Manga. Uh, everybody seems aware of Sailor V. And now they are making a uh, an anime movie, which in the uh, the new dub they, they call an anime movie, which I oh. know is accurate, but is also infuriating to me. <laughs> And they start, they kick off the episode with a nice little uh, meta humor. Yes. Of uh, Usagi uh, going, I wish they made make an anime about me. And then Luna being like, what kind <laughs> of an idiot would make an anime about you? Yeah, maybe maybe Luna shouldn't talk so much trash <laughs> about uh, the viewers of this show. That's That's my recommendation. <laughs> She's adorable, all curled up. But we never, like, I really, and again, this is just me. You know me. Like, I am curious about everyone's business plan. Like, I want to see, I want to see Jedi's receipts. 
I want to see like uh, Queen Barrel's accountants showing up for the audit. I want to know how, and I mean, spoiler, uh, spoiler warning, everybody, uh, Minako Aino is, <laughs> will show up and be Sailor V, uh, be revealed to be Sailor V later. I want to know how she is, like, does she go to the animation studio, like, in costume and she, to sign the papers? Here's what I think it is. Oh, no, you oh. first, you first, you first. I just, I just figured since nobody can track her down, they just do whatever they want because they're like, well, she's not going to come after us as long right. as we're not, like, committing crime. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I think that's exactly it. I think they just go, she's a public figure. We're just going to, we're just going to use her. And she's like sitting there at her apartment going like, oh, like, how can they do this? And, and, but it's like, yeah, but you can't go sue her. You can't sue her as Sailor V. You'd have to reveal yourself and you can't do that. So nothing you can do. Yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like if like they, like somebody decided to do a stage play of Batman, about Batman and Gotham or something. Like Batman's not going to go in and be like, hey, you're infringing on me. Yeah. But the know? Joker is going to show up and murder everyone <laughs> That's involved. That's true. That is accurate. <laughs> You are asking for trouble. I mean, I don't think like Queen Barrel's going to do that. Like she just wants, she'll probably be like, oh, awesome. Another way for me to collect energy. Not to mention, <laughs> not to mention it's probably like, what, what is it called? Negavert? What, what is the, what is the Sailor V villains? Dark Kingdom? Uh, the, uh, well, the Dark Agency. Dark Agency. It's probably Dark Agency animation that licenses. Oh, this. it probably is. See, that makes sense. That makes well, perfect I, sense. I bet, I bet projects they work on are really fun. <laughs> they probably have the best. They do. (laughs) They have the strapiest pencils. Yeah. Uh, But while Yusagi is fantasizing about uh, someone making an anime about Sailor Moon, uh, and presumably all the consequences that would come with people 23 years later doing a dedicated (laughs) podcast about it, uh, we meet our two people who I guess would be the victims of the Dark Kingdom plot this time. Sure. Two young animators. Did you catch their names, uh, Jordan? I know they're they're, uh, Cassie and Lori in the uh, the original dub. Uh, so we have Hiromi and Kazuko. They are two young animators uh, fresh out of animation school. In the uh, novel, and you can tell me if this goes with the uh, original dub, they are in animation school. They are are working at the studio while they're still in school. Yeah, it's it's very strange because, in, yeah, very specifically in the original uh, Japanese version, they're talking, it's their job. They're professionals. They're out of school. Um, but yeah, they for some reason, they're, they're, it's a class that they're in to work on an actual professional movie that's about to come out. Which is weird because as we find out later they have entrusted Hiromi with the end of the movie oh that okay that I loved where she's like 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 oh hey Mr. Director I'm gonna kill Sailor V in the last scene because you gave it to me and like okay if that was real world the director would be like okay cool don't come in tomorrow exactly he just can't do anything about it him and his baby are on the phone like crying like no don't do it and I'm like you're the freaking director <laughs> how, <laughs> much, how much power like, do you have over the like, fates of these characters it, yeah it doesn't work that way also everyone is acting like she's going to literally murder Sailor V like if you die in anime you die in real life <laughs> I mean we're jumping ahead so I don't know whether I should talk about these things now or wait till we okay, get to that okay, scene we, are. Uh, we actually get my favorite scene <laughs> in the show uh, maybe my favorite incidental character Character in forever, uh, the director of the the show. Not not the director's baby. <laughs> Uh, the director and his baby, I think of as, as being kind of one character because <laughs> yeah. the baby is such an amazing, weird touch. Yes. Uh, his name is Asato and he, we see him going over, uh, <coughs> what are these, are these model sheets? I guess. No, they're, they're, it looks like keyframes. Yeah. Okay. They're uh, keyframes. 
I own a possibly counterfeit keyframe of Cobra Commander. So the, the, now, just to clarify, I'm I'm kind of thinking about what I know of. So keyframes are like we you draw the big moments and then someone goes in and fills in the middle drawings, right? Yeah, the keyframe is like the extreme poses, basically for a scene. Like if you wanted to do like let's say a lock cycle, which is usually about six drawings. Like you'd have like a drawing of like the foot down, like two feet on the ground. The next foot would be up in the air, and then the in betweens would be to get to that point. Sure. Okay. So yeah, he, he and but usually like in like anime and a lot of like Western stuff, you usually do the keyframes first, and then after that's approved, like like then they um, then they go through and do that. So yeah, the director was basically telling her her keyframes were lifeless. So is this is this a job you would get fresh out of animation school <laughs> to do um, the keyframes for the climax of a a big movie? Maybe if you're like really good, like well, I think that's pretty rare. But yeah, if you're like, I mean, I I've heard of people that are just insane animation monsters and they just get like all this like responsibility off the bat. So I mean, it happens. Well, well in this, Hiromi <laughs> is is upset because. The director says to her, Sailor V's hips, I don't see any love there. (laughs) (laughs) That's an amazing line. But you know what's like crazy about that is like, I kind of like watching this, I kind of do believe like the director didn't mean anything actual like, like, you know, offensive by it really. Like I've had so much weird stuff said to me the past 10 years I've worked in animation. The guys don't realize what they're saying, you know, about like, like, I mean, not, not everybody, but there was like this one time when I was um, on one certain superhero show and I had to draw a character in like a 90, but they wanted, this person wanted me to reference um, the part of uh, the, that Batman episode where Harley Quinn comes out of the pie because mm-hmm, he's like mm-hmm. well they got away with it you know like we can like have innuendo and I'm like yeah but like you don't really see anything with that though like that's why they were able to get away with it he wanted me to do a 90 and then just have her her body in silhouette but you would still see like like this you know what I mean like you yeah. do it where you don't actually see anything yeah but I was even like I don't see this getting through S&P and this doesn't look right like this isn't the tar- like your, your show's for like 12 year olds like what is this you know he's like no no it'll work it'll look it'll look classy it won't look bad i'm like okay and i went and drew it and brought it back and he was like oh and i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the director tells uh hiromi and kazuko that uh sailor v's hips and legs lack love and passion (laughs) yeah and there is a an amazing reaction shot uh where they're saying oh so she needs to look sexier (laughs) is that what you're telling us now, meanwhile, we talked about it a little bit. The director has his baby daughter in a, like a, like a Bjorn strapped to his back. Yep. Uh, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, cause that, like, I, I, watching this episode, I feel like there is no way that this did not happen <laughs> to no. the animators of Sailor Moon. It has to happen. Like, I, I, I have worked with directors who bring their, like, little kids and babies in all the time. It's, there's not, and there's nothing wrong with it. I like it. But, like, people have families, you know? So. <laughs> it, but the it's just are crazy. So of course they're going to have like, you're going to see the kids once in a while. <laughs> it's such a weird choice to give the director his daughter, like in the show that I feel yeah. like there was a director on Sailor Moon who had his daughter in a backpack telling them they needed to draw Sailor Moon sexier. And then, uh, yeah, and then he's offended. He goes, how could you, how, no, obviously I don't mean that. I'm a father. I don't mean <laughs> she should be sexy. Fathers don't like sexy things, apparently. Um. I, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that, that either, that happened either to somebody like during the production of Sailor Moon or maybe like a production that they were working on simultaneously or something. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah, I, that totally looked like it was based on somebody, but I mean, that, even, you know what, honestly, that director looks like a guy I've worked with. But that's, <laughs> 
<laughs> kind of mean to say that. I think, but... like, honestly, I feel like he looks like Paul Dini. <laughs> like, I know that they would not be making uh, Paul Dini references on Sailor Moon in 1992. I just feel like that guy looks like Paul Dini. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's not the person I was thinking of. But, yeah. So, okay. So, so they, they, they <laughs> talk about... <laughs> They talk about so, how frustrating that is for a second. Like, but I just feel like oh. if you if you were, if you went to Toei and you were like, "Hey, who was the animation staff for this episode?" The like the director would look like that guy, and the two people who were work, like doing the uh, key poses for Sailor Moon would look exactly like Hiromi and Kazuko. Although, well, have you have you have you guys watched um, Shiro Bako yet? No. Uh, no. Yeah, that that's like um, it's actually kind of stressful. Like my friends and I that work in animation, like we only watch it in spurts because it's actually stressful for us to watch it's about working in an animation studio and all the all the side and like supporting characters are actually based off of real life people in the anime industry oh wow and, i've seen and, clip, and i've seen like clips of it and it looks really good it's it's good i mean i have some issues with the main characters a little bit because i mean i don't know they, they look really out of place but um the main director for the for the series that the characters are working on he looks he i mean it's like a similar he's like very similar to the director that they that they um they use in the Sailor Moon episode. Like it's just like this like portly like Japanese guy with glasses and like he's over worrying about everything and I don't know. That might just be like a really common stereotype. <laughs> uh before we move on from the scene, uh in your professional opinion, do Hiromi's uh legs and hips lack passion and love? No, I don't think they do. <laughs> okay. I think that was I think that was baloney and that director should feel bad about himself. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so as Hiromi and Kazuko are running down the street, uh, or they're, they're walking down the street, uh, Hiromi is obviously doubting herself. She feels bad about being uh, kind of dressed down by the director and his daughter, uh, his infant daughter in a little bunny hat. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they end up uh, running down the street. She drops her sketches. They are found by uh, the kind-hearted genius, Amy Mizuno, and then who we coincidentally get... happens to be there. And then we get one of my favorite Amy moments because of how ridiculous it is. She's like, like, oh man, I would love to return this to her, but I have to go to grammar school. <laughs> now, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Uh, no, but that's, that's but Amy's ultimate conflict. Do, do I save the world or do I have cram school? Like, I, she's lucky that she didn't have cram school while, like, you know, monsters attack normally. Otherwise, she'd be like, sorry, guys. Uh, my girlfriend and I have been watching the uh, more recent episodes of Sailor Moon R that are going up mm-hmm. on uh, on Hulu. And she's really frustrated by uh, what she calls the uh, Flandersization of of <laughs> Amy. Oh. Where, uh, you know, like, Flanders, when Ned Flanders, when The Simpsons starts, like, is, is a much more, like, well-rounded character. Or not even well-rounded, but he's not defined by wh- exactly one thing. Thing, like he gets to be but as the show goes on he just becomes oh yeah he's going to Jesus like that becomes his thing it has gotten to the point in the show where all Amy talks about is math uh, and she's like like uh yeah I've been doing math like every episode she holds up her math textbook and that's the only thing she contributes that's only slightly worse you know going back and watching these it's only slightly worse than her constant talk about cram school although it's funny it's funny that they would go with math because like doesn't she want to be a doctor I mean not that doctors don't uh, need math but that's not the main thing they do. Yeah, it, it would be like, you would think it would be like biology or something, but no, she is constantly like, it took me three hours to do this math problem, but it's worth it. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, like even in these early episodes, she is constantly like, oh, I gotta do, gotta do cram school. It's, you know, sorry, I would love to walk 10 feet down the street to return <laughs> these, or I would love to raise my voice slightly <laughs> but and I'm go, hey, you dropped school. your sketches. 
but uh, cram school calls. So she doesn't immediately return them. She oh, goes we also to find out school. that the animation studio is named Studio Dive. Yes, also which weird. I think is really funny. Very weird. Um, so she doesn't I go think return. It's them. Cool. What was that? Oh, nothing. I wasn't actually contributing to the conversation. I just said it sounded cool and it sounded like a submarine or something. Well, I think you should start the studio. Know. Start Studio Dive. Studio Dive West. <laughs> Okay, I'll do that today. <laughs> so, presumably, Amy goes to cram school, and then, meanwhile, uh, we cut to our good friend Nephrite, who is sitting there going, oh, movement of the stars rules everything. Uh, stars, stars seal, the stars know all. <laughs> stars, what do you got for me? Who's, who's, uh, who's ready? Who's ready to be plucked? <laughs> Um, who's is right? it this person who has coincidentally already met one Sailor Scout? Why, yes, it is. Uh, so he finds out that Hiromi is the next person to to be the peak energy person, hops in his amazing sports car and drives straight over there. Uh, coincidentally, he passes Amy on the street who sees him driving and recognizes him, uh, <laughs> which is great. I'm glad that they finally know who Nephrite is, but, by the way. like Because like, she goes like, what? Oh, my God. There he is. Um, cut back to the, the animation studio. Hiromi's drawing and drawing. Oh man, this is so hard. Nothing is looking right. Let's see how my friend is doing. He goes through her friend's stuff, who has already left for the night, uh, Kazuko. And she's got so much stuff, and it's so beautiful, and it's so well done. So, Hiromi has no choice but to break out her magic pencil. Oh, I love, I love the magic pencils. I love the magic pencils so much. <laughs> Cut to a flashback. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. This is like, this is like <laughs> ten times better than that bit at the end of The Hobbit, where the dude pulls out his special arrow. <laughs> Uh, again, uh, Brienne, uh, do you think, uh, what do you think of Kazuko's, uh, art here? I, I do think they did make Kazuko's art, uh, noticeably better than Hiromi's, but I think they just kind of shaded it a little more. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I actually didn't, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I didn't really notice that much of a difference. I was just like, okay, <laughs> like, maybe. Yeah, maybe they just added sh- sh- shading. I, you know, I had, I had a note like that on a show and I just added shading to it and it got approved. Yeah. <laughs> That's the trick. That's true. That actually happened. Yeah, I think. So, I think that. I think. Like a, yeah. Anyone listening that works in animation or wants to, if you get a note, just add some shading and it'll get approved. Yeah. Well, like, no, like it has a really good chance of getting approved anyway. It might not if it's like a really bad drawing. But looking at screenshots <laughs> from the from the episode, that does appear to be the main difference. Like, uh, uh, Hiromi's are all just sketch, and because uh, uh, was it Kazu Kazu Kazuko's are are shaded very nicely. Um, so that that does seem to be the big difference. So so we cut to their flashback where they go they're, they were in school uh, wearing their sailor outfits so this was a while ago and they go oh my god these are the limited <laughs> limited edition pencils that animators use uh, oh by the way and they keep and they're, they keep saying so we should buy them because we're about to become professional animators so we should use the pencils that professional animators use and I kind of went well yeah like why don't you just buy more you're professional animators now that's what they use what look these these yeah. are limited edition do you see how striped <laughs> they are <laughs> Okay, and I guess these are really expensive pencils, and I, I I guess I just don't know how expensive pencils can get. Like in my experience, they're just not that expensive. But I don't buy limited edition be, ones. They can be expensive. Okay, it's, it's about it's about the moment between two friends, Jordan. <laughs> It's about the magic of friendship. It's not about the pencils. It's about, I mean, I guess it kind of is about the pencils for Hiromi, right. but it's more about the, uh, the, the, what they represent. So they split the pencils. They, they each bring for half of them. They each get a pencil box. They take half the pencils, put it in each one, wrap a ribbon around it and say, these are our special pencils. We're only going to use them. Wait, hold on. I wrote this part down. <laughs> We're only going to use them uh, on anime that won't ruin children's dreams. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
And they- Which, by the way, if you're working on anime that's going to ruin children's <laughs> dreams, like, maybe don't do that, just in general. No, just use a crappy anime, pencil. It's like, do I work on, like, ninja school, or do I not make rent this year? <laughs> I'm, and I'm not saying ninja school is bad, I'm just saying ninja school has a high potential to ruin children's dreams. <laughs> I sure. I mean, it might ruin children's, like, it might give them nightmares, but I, I thought it meant, like, ruin children's aspirations. Like, like Brienne, like, if you, if if your director comes up and says, hey, this is a good drawing, but could you, could you make sure to put something in here about how all children suck uh, and are terrible people? If you're doing a uh, cartoon like, about how Santa Claus is fake and... <laughs> Oh, I I think I've worked with people like that actually. <laughs> <laughs> they exist. So I, yes. I, I think the girls like having that 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 plan of like not ruining children's dreams, I think is a very good plan. Yeah. So that's that's requirement number one. Not gonna ruin children's dreams. <laughs> and then they also yeah. promise that they will ask each other's permission before using them. They won't untie the ribbon around the box without approval from the other person. And then they pick It's like they, on they it. gotta have the two keys in the uh, right. in the nuclear launch <laughs> right. computer. Except that it's not like the computer won't work otherwise, it's just that they promise. <laughs> they pinky swear not to do it. <laughs> so so that happens. Uh, and then we cut. So then she's sitting there with the pencil going like, but but thing is, Kazuko's so much, much further ahead than I am, and she's better than me, so I am going to have to break out this, this super pencil again. And you find out not only is she doing it right now without permission, she's done it a lot. She's down to her final, like, two inches of pencil in, in this Out, out of, box. like, six pencils. Yeah, she's, like, she's been cheating all the time. Um, cheating. Okay. <laughs> it's not actually a magic pencil yet. It's just a pencil what? at this point. What will Kazuko think if right. she ever finds out? Well, she'll be very disappointed. Because you can't get those. You, she, you can't just go back and refill that pencil case. Those were limited edition. edition. So, okay. So she's about to start drawing with the magic pencil when all of a sudden, whoa, where did Maxfield Stanton come from? Where- <laughs> Maxfield Stanton has just cruised into this animation studio in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Uh, in the English version, he's just like, the door was open, so I came in. Did anyone ever tell you you're the prettiest girl in animation? Oh, I actually oh, forgot no. to. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I forgot to mention that in the English version, um, it's Lori, right? Uh, uh yes. Lori has a over-the-top Southern accent. Oh man, I wish I could watch that. <laughs> oh, she's. I- it's pretty ridiculous. That. I remember that. Yeah, it's it's pretty 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 ridiculous. So in the uh, so in the Japanese version, uh, Masato Senjuin comes in and says, "I'm a big fan of you." Which I was like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> You're a big fan of one animator who works at a studio among a zillion people on a? I mean, I, I don't know how possible that is. It, it just seems pretty unlikely no, that he's like these frames are real it's, good. It's very possible. Cool. And now I'm having having other ideas of what what Nephrite is like, probably in person. <laughs> Look, Nephrite's a creep. Yeah, I was like, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I should say, like, I watched this episode and then watched the next episode, which has flashbacks to uh, Nephrite being a mega creep, which you will get to hear about next week. So, yeah, Nephrite's a creep. Uh, He takes her pencil and she's like, whoa, don't touch that. That is my special tiny nub of a pencil. (laughs) And uh, he seals it with his evil crest. Yep. And then uh, he's like, well, you better use that pencil to get this art done. Make sure you use that one. That one that I just, the, the, the one that's glowing. Use that one. <laughs> the one that's glowing. I was, I was thinking when he when he made her when he made her her pencil get bigger, it would have been great if it turned into like one of those novelty like crayons or pencils that like you like you use as a bank or fill with candy. Like it's huge. 
Like she's using both hands to like use it to draw. I wish she did get like comically <laughs> large until she like had it over her shoulder, like moving it like, with her elbows. And she's still there with this giant, like giant crayon, just drawing. And everyone's just like, okay, I guess I'm not gonna say anything. I mean, her drawing a lot better. So uh, Amy has transformed into Sailor Mercury, and she <laughs> is on to Nephrite's evil scheme. No, she's on uh, to she his car. Has, that's right. She has put boots on the Ferrari. <laughs> she's standing on top of his car. And Nephrite, Nephrite pulls a pulls a jack move on on Amy. He leaps through the air and just backhands her legs out from under her. Like he does that leap with his hands in his pockets, which is still like <laughs> twenty three years later the most badass thing I've ever seen. Uh, and then he, you know, just also one hand still in the pocket. He sweeps her legs, knocks her off his car, then just gets in the car and is like, peace out. Drive away. <laughs> uh, and he tells her to polish her fighting skills. Now, my question is, why doesn't he back over Sailor Mercury right now? <laughs> Look, I don't want him to. I don't want Nefrite to win. I, I, I don't want Sailor Mercury to be murdered. It's But it's like, you've, you, you got her. <laughs> like, you clearly just outmatched her. Like, she, is not, she can throw bubbles at you. Hey, watch out. <laughs> so she then goes inside. Wait, how does she run into... I thought Kazuko was gone. No, Kazuko was uh, getting dinner. Oh, right. Kazuko was uh, getting dinner. And she has come back to the animation studio so they can work late. Uh, and uh, Hiromi does the, the awesome, like, slow turn... <laughs> Uh, evil look. Already evil. One second later. Evil Crest does uh, it again. Uh, yeah. Amy shows up to give back the sketches and Hiromi just like blanks them both, goes into an office where she can have some evil privacy. And Kazuko says, hey, why don't you come back tomorrow when we're open and I'll show you around. But we've already we've already seen that Nephrite is here. Amy should be like, oh, were you the only one here? The one who's suddenly acting weird? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, she what? should be onto it. Amy's the smart one. She should put it together. <laughs> so, okay. So so the next day, Amy goes in and tells uh, about what happened, mostly to Luna, because Luna's, you know, the smart one. But uh, Usagi's there, and Usagi's like, what? You should have gotten me. You shouldn't have faced Nefrite alone. You should have brought me in. And they're like, what? Like, since when? And she's like, and I could have gotten, you know, free art from the animation studio. I could have gotten pictures of Sailor V. And they're like, oh, okay. You're a dumbass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Usagi wants sketches. So you want cells and sketches. <laughs> um, whereas in the, actually in the American one, they cut that out. And in, instead, uh, during the fight with Nephrite, they had Nephrite call Sailor Moon a, a wimp. She, he says something like, I don't know who's worse, you or that wimp Sailor Moon. And so she's actually freaking out <laughs> in the American one going like, what? He called me a wimp? How could he? That's, it's weird that they would change that because it feels like being a big fan of cartoons. I mean, first of all, it is a slam dunk for uh, pandering to your audience. Right. Um, uh, and second of all, it's very in character for uh, for Serena. This is one where they, yeah, they, this was another one of these episodes where they just, they changed some stuff just for the fun of it. Like, they just, just wanted to give slightly different uh, spin to things for some reason. And uh, I don't know, this was one of those places. I think there's also a little, the implication, uh, I, I think there's also the implication in the episode that uh, uh, Sailor Moon wants to see Nephrite because, as we all know, he's, all of the Dark Kingdom generals are beautiful, beautiful men. Uh, so maybe they cut it out for that because they were like, look, we we can only have one 14 year old girl crush on Nefrite. Nefrite, who looks like he's in his 40s. <laughs> oh, come on. 30s. I don't know. Nefrite, Nefrite looks Nefrite looks the oldest of all of them to me. Well, I guess Malachite. I think he does. Oh, yeah, maybe. 
maybe him. But uh, like Nephrite looks ten years older than Jedi. Wow. Uh, at the animation studio, uh, Hiromi's pencil is growing. Yep. Uh, not a metaphor. It is just going to continue to grow as she uses uh, evil power to destroy the dreams of children through anime. <laughs> well, it makes sense though because otherwise it was so short it would be like, oh, Nephrite scheme is going to be over soon. This is going to run out. Nope. Got a pencil grower. Dark Kingdom pencil growing technique. Uh, we cut to the prestigious TA Academy uh, where Ray Hino, the hot-headed psychic, is talking into her calculator in front of everyone, by the way. <laughs> uh, she is using her, her sailor communicator on the roof of the school in front of the of everyone, including several people who look like they are protagonists. Like, there's a lot of uh, pink hair in the background. Uh, sure. And she says, my favorite line of the show, which is, is an anime for kids. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, like, no, we have talked. Uh, Brianne, I don't know if you've listened to the show. We have an ongoing debate over whether or not Ray is the worst person alive. <laughs> oh, no. Are you, are you a fan it, of hers? I, I like I like Ray. I mean, I don't know. I, I have a hard time disliking them all. I mean, they're all weird and goofy. I like that she, like, calls Sailor Moon out on stuff. Oh. <laughs> but she just, I mean, I don't know. Why? Because she was acting like, like oh, like, anime's, like, for kids, but yeah, she was a fan. Yeah, she, that's that's two things. One, uh, she she talks bad about anime on an anime, which I feel like if if Yusagi <laughs> being into cartoons is a slam dunk for making her relatable to the audience, then uh, Ray talking about how uh, anime is for nerds, much like I do. Uh, makes her age. Well, I, I, I just kind of figured that the reason they had her say that was like for kids that were, that would be watching it like especially ones that are older like it's like a weird thing where it's like oh yeah I've heard that myself but then have the other characters be like like I'm gonna show her later that she actually likes it it's like I don't know I, I felt like that was like more like a more like a nudge that it's okay to, to watch anime if people say that it's that it's dumb <laughs> sure yeah, because uh in our very next scene the very next scene uh Ray is impatiently waiting for them uh, <laughs> with a bag full of anime stuff, wearing the most 90s outfit we have seen on the show so far. I think uh, that was great. <laughs> do, you, do you have a pair of uh, of, of pink overalls? The <laughs> pink uh, mid-calf overalls? I used to, but they weren't pink. Oh. I, I probably wore them in college, even. She, she has <laughs> them rolled up. It is, a, it is bad news. It is a bad news outfit. <laughs> I, I I thought that was appropriate visiting an animation studio attire. <laughs> you have to look like a dork. Go to an animation studio. That's that's required. I have, I have, she knew what she was doing. I have three notes about this scene. Uh, one from the Japanese, two from the English. The one from the Japanese is that after, yeah, after Rei reveals herself that she has all these autograph things to get signed and that she's secretly into anime as well, uh, Amy replies, uh, come on, we're going into our final year of middle school. <laughs> As if to say, shouldn't we shouldn't we be a little mature? Final year of middle school, am I right? To which I was like, no, not in the slightest. Yeah, look, Amy doesn't come off well in this episode either. <laughs> And then the then then two notes from the English version of this scene. Uh, the first one is at the beginning of the scene, uh, uh, Usagi's upset about something. I'm not sure what she was upset about in Japanese one, but in the American one, she's upset because she flunked a spelling test. Which I was kind of like, that's that's pretty intense that <laughs> she flunked a spelling test. Um, Look, spelling spelling is difficult. At, well, apparently, if we ever get notes from Sailor Moon, they're going to be very poorly spelled. Uh, <laughs> uh, she'll, look, she'll get Luna to write them. She will put a pen in Luna's mouth. <laughs> 
like here, uh, take a note, kitty cat. And then the uh, second thing was that while, they, well, one other thing they change they change it so that uh, in the American version, Ray isn't actually into anime. Uh, she she reveals that she's got all these these autograph books, and then when she kind of goes heh heh to herself, what she's saying is uh, in the American one, I'm gonna make so much money selling these to people. Oh, that's awful. That's <laughs> even worse than being a hypocrite about it. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so oh, they made her worse. Now, so well, she, goes on, she goes on eBay and sells all the drawings that the animators at the studio gave her. <laughs> yep, that's what she does. I'm it's sure. Like those beautiful people that go to common conventions are like, "Oh, this is for my kid." And I'm like, "Really? What's your kid's name?" Like, just, just, just. You don't have to sign it. You don't have to make it out to my kid. I'm like, okay. And then, like the next day, it's on eBay, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "You suck." Mm-hmm. Yeah, like imagine, have- imagine uh, Ray doing that. Just next time that happens, just picture Ray Hino ah. in her pink overalls. <laughs> Dressed like Blossom. Yeah. Uh, while our heroines are bickering, our villains are also bickering uh, in the creepy woods mansion. We have Nephrite just relaxing with some scotch. <laughs> just like having a little whiskey out on the uh, out on the veranda. Uh, and Zoocyte shows up to talk some trash. Now here is another example of a scene where in the American version, they just changed it. They just went, you know what? We're just going to make some other stuff up. But they made up the best stuff. So here is here is three a uh, three line exchange from Nephrite and and Zoicite. Zoicite comes in and says, "Oh, so you're gonna poison Sailor Moon with lemonade? <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna poison Sailor Moon with that definitely non-alcoholic drink that you got there?" <laughs> and then Nephrite replies, "So you've been uh, he he replies, you've been studying human sarcasm, I see." And Zoicite re- replies to that, "It's required." <laughs> So, so, so this is a world where Queen Beryl is like, I want you in on all the types of humor. I want you to get, you know, just regular jokes, knock knock jokes. You got to get sarcasm down. All of these things. It's part of your assignment. No, you know that she, you know that she wasn't like, oh, you got to get knock knock jokes. She was like, what's the most evil kind of, <laughs> of, j- of human jokes? Joke? Yes. Just go sarcasm? straight to sarcasm. It. Do it. Everybody, yeah. I want sarcasm all the time. It's required. Uh, yeah, it's required. <laughs> Look, you got to get your credits. Got to get your credits at uh, Dark Kingdom U. Uh, at the animation studio, Ray and Isagi are flipping out over all of the amazing art that is going on. In the in the novelization, Leon Centaur basically has Isagi being the one who is flipping out, and Ray is the one who is restraining her from ruining the entire building. Like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit about uh, how she spills spills uh ink all over someone's desk and i was like oh no she's like she is uh she she is personally responsible for all the delays in the production of sailor v the movie (laughs) while they're uh they're talking and and freaking out uh hiromi comes out of the office and just yells at everybody for being so loud which mean but fair Okay, hold on. Speaking of mean but fair, except not fair, we get a close-up of so a just sign. Mean, then. Yes. You don't have to say mean but fair, but not fair. <laughs> we get a close-up of a say. sign on the wall that says, where is it? Where is it? Write this down. Oh, please keep all personal conversations down to under a minute. You know what? I think that that sign actually might not be too far from the truth. <laughs> no, that's so sad. Not, not, not for U.S. studios, but for Japanese studios. Like, when we visited, like, you do not talk when you're walking through the animation department wow. you do not just travel yeah it's really rude to do that yeah look because like because their schedules are so tight you do not distract them and like yeah so <laughs> yeah that 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 was maybe that was maybe real that sounds so <laughs> depressing <laughs> 
animation's like serious business. Like got lots of got lots of stuff to draw. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, did I, I ruined your win I <laughs> There's no there's no magic I guess, in animation. I mean it's like, just awful hard work. You're yeah. you're ruining the dreams of children with through this animation, Brianne. <laughs> you like, asked me to be honest. Like I'm not how real some of this stuff is. I mean I feel like you can draw I, and talk I, at I the same think, time. I don't think no, you know what though? Like there's days when I'm trying to get stuff done and somebody who else who might not have a deadline just wanders in my cube and they'll be there for an hour and I'm trying to figure out how to like politely like I there's times where I'm just like I have to work you have to go I'm sorry <laughs> like mm-hmm. but like I don't know that's kind of a thing like you, you it's just just like when somebody's working like if you're like like typing it like if you're like typing a script or something and someone just comes in and just starts like you know talking for a while it's like I don't know because I, I was kind of like that this week because I had like a big deadline mm-hmm. but um but mm-hmm. yeah like so the studios I visited over there but it wasn't that we didn't get to talk to them usually what happens if they would just leave the room and then talk to us there they would just leave the animation room where we'd have like go out and have dinner dinner with them or have a break you just don't talk when there's like a big big group of people working around because you know your thing too is like western animation studios we usually have a little bit more space individually like we usually have cubes or like some sort of partition that blocks us you know from other people while while we're working like studios in in japan are usually desk a desk next to a desk you know so like i mean you know i i just it's a space thing but i mean if you think about that well there's nothing dividing the room to block the noise and someone just starts like chatting it's it's gonna it's gonna carry everywhere that's true but yeah. I mean, but yeah i mean their schedules i think are so tight like i think like the less distraction distractions they can have the better i don't th- i mean i don't think it's great either that that's that sign was in the episode but uh i don't know i'm sure that that's happened more what we have learned today is that jordan likes to make lengthy personal phone calls at work no no <laughs> I'm not talking about so phone maybe, calls. Maybe, maybe take a trip over to the office. Is I'm talking all I'm about. I'm talking about call. I'm talking about chat, chatting with other people. Well, that's the thing. Where I work, uh, we are definitely jammed three persons into one office. Like I'm in an office, but I'm sharing it with two other people. But we will regularly just be like, "Hey, uh, blah blah blah. I just thought of this thing. Oh, I'll be like, "Hey, I just thought of this thing about Sailor Moon. What do you think?" And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, ha ha ha." And then we'll go back to work. But like nobody's monitoring us to be like, "Keep it under a minute." Yeah. Well, th- th- put that sign up and see what happens. I want to know. Yeah. Uh, we get one of uh, another one of my favorite moments in this episode, a really great uh, little animation trick, which I think is fun because we haven't gotten one of these in a while. And for an episode that is about animation, I feel like it's really nice to have a, a really fun animation trick, which is that the director calls Hiromi. And when she picks up the phone, his hand appears through a tear in space <laughs> and rips open a word balloon yep. that he appears in with his tiny baby. Uh, <laughs> and he and his baby talk about how much they love Hiromi's recent evil work. Uh, and this is where she drops the bombshell that in the final scene of the movie which is 100% under the control of this rookie animator, uh, she is going to kill Sailor V. Now, again, slight difference in the tone of it in the uh, Japanese and English versions. In the Japanese version, she's like, I'm going to kill Sailor V in the final one because that's what people want to see anime about nowadays. And which sounded, kind of seemed like kind of a commentary on like the state of the industry or whatnot, or kind of going with the whole crushing dreams versus, you know, making things good for children. Whereas in the American version... <laughs> Lori straight up goes, I'm going to kill Sailor V because evil will prevail. I'm going to kill Sailor V because evil is where it's at. Evil always will win. And I'm on the side that wins. Like, it's just all about evil being awesome. And she goes on about that for a while. It's pretty mental. Uh, That is so exciting. (laughs) 
Uh, and Kazuko says, hey, you can't kill off uh, Sailor V. Uh, but she doesn't say, hey, you can't kill off Sailor V for all of the practical reasons. Nope. Uh, like, like, that's not what the movie is about. <laughs> like, you're going There's to get no fired? Yeah, we didn't record that audio. Like, <laughs> Yeah, instead she says, you can't kill her because this anime is about teamwork and represents our friendship. <laughs> which I love. It is my favorite. And I love that, uh, and that then, her reply is, I've been entrusted with the end of this movie. And then the unspoken second half of that is, and I'm going to break that trust. You were stupid enough to trust me, I suppose. And you should never do that. I like how uh, Kazuko gives her this speech about how anime is about friendship and mm-hmm. teamwork and, and the whole team pulling together to get it, get it done. I and agree. Then, it is about that. And then uh, uh, Hiromi says, it's just anime. <laughs> <laughs> And that is uh, that is utterly shocking for everyone. Now, uh, we also get a glimpse of the Sailor V movie poster at this point. And I want to point out that the Sailor V oh. movie poster uh, has Artemis on it and oh. also has Tuxedo Mask, what? Sailor Mars, and Sailor Mercury. What? Oh, weird. Oh, my God. You're yeah. right. Yeah. If, if you pause it, you can see like everybody <laughs> but Sailor Moon. So are they just making are they making the movie about Sailor Moon, but they just think it's Sailor V? Maybe. They're just pulling in everything so. they know about Sailor Sailors. Like they're gonna take some. They're gonna take some liberties. It's gonna have some Popeye uh, stuff in it too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Hiromi goes up to the roof. Uh, the girls run up, including Kazuko, to try and talk her down from whatever animation she's going to be doing on the roof. Uh, <laughs> in the, again, in the in the American version, uh, uh, they go. They say to her, "No, like it's about this and that." And she goes, "You know what? You're right. I quit. I'm gonna go start my own studio. Goodbye." And then she still goes to the roof. So I don't know what that has to do with starting a studio. <laughs> She's going to start a new studio on the on the roof. A studio uh, She has on the her roof. pencil, which has grown to full size. And uh, we get another really, really awesome effect. Uh, the teal and pink uh, kind of candy cane pattern or barber pole pattern on the pencil uh, like comes to life and starts wrapping around her uh, when she hits her peak energy and uh, becomes these two monsters, Castor and Pollux, uh, which I, I don't really think the monster designs are that great, but the way they show up, like that whole sequence is one of the best animated we've seen in a long, long time. It's really, really cool. Does it say Castor and Pollux in the, in the translation in the, in the, in the, in the subtitles? Because I could have swore it said Porcus and I was like, what? It said Porcus when I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it called one of the monsters like, okay. Porcus. Well, uh, uh, Nephrite talks about the constellation Castor and Pollux, so maybe uh, maybe that, it's Castor and Porcus. I mean, that listen, are the monsters. it's probably supposed to be Castor and Pollux, but I think when they made the subtitles for, for Hulu, for the modern subtitles, they put Porcus. They, they read it wrong or they heard it wrong or something. I swear, I, I'm 100% sure Hulu has it down as Porcus, because I was like, huh, okay, that doesn't, doesn't look right, but you know what? It's animation. This happens. <laughs> so, uh, when they don't pull together as a team. I wish, with- I, I honestly wish that suddenly at the end of this episode. <laughs> they would change the name uh, of the constellation? No, I, I wish at the end of this episode, uh, Sailor Moon would die and the animators would have to uh, draw a new ending. But sadly, that does not happen. <laughs> No, but what happens? Okay, I, I feel like what happens instead is kind of a, an anticlimax. 
So, well, go ahead. Well, what I like about this, and uh, Leanne Centaur's novel actually does a really good job of bringing this up. The monsters, like, like the if you have watched an anime, if you have ever watched any anime, you'll know that the good guys win through the power of friendship. Yeah. And the monsters have the power of friendship. Right. Uh, yeah. So what are you going to do now? <laughs> like, but what's they, up now? But they, but they screw it up because they start fighting, like, immediately. They start fighting who's going who's gonna to finish them off. Right. It's not even like Sailor Moon does something clever like going you know making them fight like tricking them into fighting with each other like they just go hey we're best friends but i'm the best best friend <laughs> what no it's me and then they fight and then it's over yeah that that part was a little weak like the main characters had they didn't really have anything to do with the monsters like like not being able to work together right. like that had no influence they didn't even need to be there yeah it's a better idea than it is an execution uh which i think is the story of a lot of sailor moon monsters <laughs> sure this is a story of a lot of Dark Kingdom plots. What's funny certainly. is, although, you know, here's what's, it, this this episode has a lot of weird, like, echoes of, of you know, friendship and everything, and I don't quite, I mean, obviously, it generally comes out on the side of friends are good and friendship is great and not being friends is bad. But I, it's, think, I think we can definitely uh, say that Sailor Moon is pro-friendship. <laughs> but it's just weird, all the weird echoes, because you've got the monsters who have the power of friendship kind of represented by not an actual pinky swear going on, but their little tails intertwined, which echoes the pinky swear that the friends made in the episode which they broke yeah. So it's sort of like. I didn't have to hide that. So it's sort of kind of well, saying look. it's inevitable that all friendships will be false too. Look, look. <laughs> but the 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 animators Kazuko and uh, Hiromi were breaking their promise so that they could enhance children's dreams, <laughs> so that they could could keep the the joy and youthful passion of anime going, not trying to destroy it like the monsters. That is their downfall. <laughs> Uh, after the monsters are destroyed, very neatly. Uh, oh wait, no, no, hold on, hold find on. Out. You can't, you can't skip the monsters getting destroyed. Here's why: the monsters are destroyed by the power of friendship because they defeat the monsters by combining all their powers into a flying discus that is super hot and surrounded by bubbles. Where I kind of feel like a flaming hot super dis- flying discus would have done it. The bubbles are sort of unnecessary, unfortunately. You, why do you always minimize Amy's contribution? Because what do you need bubbles on your flaming why discus do you not for? Amy. Because she's kind of useless. She's the brains of the you. operation. She's all th- all thoughtful stuff, which is great. But then she shows up and goes, guys, I'm just going to throw some bubbles. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> There's no need for the bubbles here. Un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jordan. Uh, I, I think the bubbles add a really nice aesthetic, and that, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> they beautify the attack, yes. Oh, they do. They help distract while while they're being while the bad guys are being beaten. So uh, after the bad guys are beaten, we go back into the animation studio. Uh, Hiromi is okay now, uh, and she sits down and has a tearful confession to Kazuko that she has been using her special pencils in violation of their sacred pact. Their pinky swear. Their pinky swear. Uh, and uh, Kazuko is like, well, I, I didn't want to tell you this, but uh, she pulls out her pencil case and reveals that she has also been using her pencils because she thinks that uh, it's Hiromi who is the better artist and she has been trying to just keep up with her uh, because if she doesn't, she'd be left behind. And this is the the relationship between Hiromi and Kazuko is played up a lot in the novel as like, oh, I don't, I, I never want to leave your side. Like, I, I never want to 
would not be with you. Uh, it comes off as extremely romantic. Is it explicitly uh, romantic or just? Uh, it is not explicitly like I mean. Look, we talked we talked to Leanne about this. <laughs> it was not explicitly romantic. It, but it does feel ex- like implicitly romantic in a lot of ways. And so that's the scene where, through their confessions, you find out that neither of them is that good. It's just that they use really good pencils. They're both good, and the magic was inside them all along. (laughs) Wait, what? What? (laughs) Uh, And then we we look at the stars and see a ghostly image of their pinky swear. (laughs) Yeah, right? That they broke. Such a a weird final image of this episode. It is. Uh, And yeah, that does it for uh, Protect the Children's Dreams. Uh, Anime is rad, or whatever the title of this episode is. Anime is rad. No, that is not. I I love this episode. It is one of my favorites. I love everything about it because it's it's that perfect balance of silly and dramatic, and if you watch it the right way, romance. Uh, Brian, do you do you like this one? I know you you had some fond memories of it. Yeah, no, I I I do, I do, I did like it. Like it was a good suggestion because yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just um, I don't know the whole yeah. I, I can relate to a lot of stuff in this episode. That's for sure. <laughs> what was the most relatable? part? Just the uh, the bit at the beginning with the director. Well, that that and um, I think maybe the stress of trying to keep up with with your colleagues. That's that's like a real stress because you are part of a team and you don't want to be like the person that's dragging everyone else down. So I I, I could feel that I would if I had some magic pencils I'd break those out. Like I wish I I wish I had that to oh, pull back on. Would you? Would you? Well, if, if yeah. then okay. in that case I think I have something really important to tell you. When Laura used Neflite's pencil to draw better, she was cutting corners, using something that wasn't hers to further her career. So she got a lot of praise and admiration. Deep inside, she knew it wasn't really her doing those beautiful drawings. Doing something well takes time and patience and hard work. But for all that effort, you have pride of knowing you did it all on your own. Don't be afraid of a little hard work. Most of all, don't cheat. Sailor Moon <gasps> says you won't be sorry. She should talk. Well, Luna getting the jab in there at the end. <laughs> right. I'm going to put that up and put it outside my cube door so everyone can read that and remember remember why they should be doing but there's no cutting corners there's no cheating in animation okay but like but like that is like that's not that's not true though like like Harumi like I know the pencil was sapping her energy like the art is all Harumi like Harumi really is that good I know and uh, no because basically because that's the thing it basically is not really criticizing her for using the Neflite pencil it's really you criticizing her for using the animator pencil in the first place. Yeah, which, like... <laughs> but those are the pencils professional animators use. No, dude, that's cheating. That's cheating. Use use number two pencils like Brienne. Uh, all right, I think we can come up with a better moral than that. So now it is time for Sailor Business says, Brienne, what did you learn from this episode? What moral lesson did you learn? Oh, like actual moral lesson? <laughs> um, I guess if you're going to cheat and use your special pencils, let your friend know so that you guys can both cheat and use your special pencils. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. See, because animation is about teamwork, so you should always let the other person know what your game plan is. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, similarly, I learned if you're working on anime that crushes people's dreams, just use crappy pencils. It's no big deal. Yeah. You don't have to use the good stuff. Like I said, that's why I use number two pencils. <laughs> uh, I learned. <laughs> They buy at the grocery store. <laughs> I learned that when you wear your pencil down to a tiny nub, don't throw it away. Just use dark magic. That'll make the pencil whole again. 
conservation is everyone's responsibility. Oh. Sailor business says. Well, it's too bad they can't use the dark magic to like help like replenish rainforests and stuff. You know, make their own pencil farms. Oh, I mean, man. they probably can. They just don't. That's yeah. That yeah. would be great if there was like a a a, a dark king who was like uh, secretly just trying to save the world. He's like, yeah, you know, Queen Barrel, this is gonna help reforestation. It's gonna get us a lot of energy somehow. It'd be nice. <laughs> All right, uh, that does it for uh, Protect the Children's Dreams, Friendship Through Anime. Uh, great episode. Highly recommended uh, that you would go check this one out, especially after last week's. I know I know that I am alone in thinking The Summer of the Beach, Youth and Ghost is great, but uh, yeah, definitely check this one out. Uh, but that does it for this episode. Uh, Brienne, where can everybody find you online? I have, my website is just um, briannejuhard.com and I have a Tumblr that's just briannejuhard and then um, my webcomic is is it's harpyg.com it's just h-a-r-p-y-g-e-e and um, it's also it's part of like the Hiveworks hub so if you have that site already bookmarked you can find it at the bottom um yeah i guess i guess that's the the really nice places i'm on oh and i'm on instagram but i'm a potato farm girl on instagram cool so I, yeah what i'm learning here is that i mispronounced your name at the top of the show and you were too polite to correct me i didn't notice what did you call me i, I, I pronounced <laughs> Droward. Oh, no, that's fine. Like, honestly, most people don't get my name right the first couple of times. It's and I, I actually don't know like what like I've heard my last name called so many things like I think my grandma said Gerard but I usually say Gerard uh, because you're an artist help with pronun- yeah I'm gonna ride that <laughs> so you Jordan hard. where can everybody find you I am on Twitter at Crackshot except that the O in Crackshot is a zero and I am on Twitter uh, at the ISB uh, it's <laughs> T-H-E-I-S-B uh, thanks everybody for listening we'll be back next week with another episode of Sailor Business so uh, yeah. until then until then keep Keep your mind on sailor business. work as usual, I see. Yes, actually. Your plan is to poison Sailor Moon with lemonade? Hmm. You've been studying human sarcasm, I see. It's required. <laughs> <laughs>